Good morning, everybody. Um, I shouldn't start to stop. This stuff is um. Anyway, people may be thinking that I I deviated from the R. Kelly fight by going after Isaac, um, which we call it, Dennis Sperling, and looking into Kevin Samuel's case. But I want everybody to hear something. I want to I want to show everybody that this is connected, right? The Isaiah Factor, uncensored. And welcome back to the second half hour of The Factor Uncensored. We're seeing the effects of domestic violence play out in real time. Jocelyn Savage is reportedly engaged to R. Kelly. The singer recently was sentenced to 30 years in federal prison for sex trafficking and racketeering. And for years, he's also been accused of sexually abusing women and young girls. Despite all of this, Savage says she's sticking beside him. Now, last month, she wrote a letter to the judge asking for leniency in his case and claiming she's not a victim, writing, quote, my relationship with Robert is amazing. He's the best thing that's ever happened to me. We have a very special connection and are very deeply in love. I still support Robert to this day because I love him and will always be here to support him, end quote. You might be wondering if he was so horrible to her, why would she stay? Well, it's hard for victims to kick their abusers out into the curb. Many people, Ali, are shaking and scratching their heads as a result of this announcement that came from Jocelyn Savage, who was identified as an R. Kelly victim uh, in his federal trial and his trial in, in New York. And now she's saying she is his fiance and he treated her well and she had the best life. No one's ever treated her better. And people are trying to wrap their heads around that. And this Absolutely. is not uncommon for someone who's been a victim, right? Right. So I think in recent times, we have seen kind of the dynamics of domestic and sexual violence play out in, in public settings through, through the court system. And this is yet again another one of those instances where we are seeing um, the manipulation, the control, and kind of the aftermath of, of an individual experiencing a traumatic event in their life. And when you look at a situation like this, it's the old school term that comes to mind when people say, oh, she's been brainwashed. So what actually happens to a victim who is still in love publicly with a person who allegedly, well, now convicted of abusing her? Absolutely. So I think we see um, survivors have just a wide range of, of reactions, normal common trauma reactions, expressions of trauma after after this event. And manipulation is one of them, right? Where we do have perpetrators, individuals who choose violence, um, utilize this manipulation and this control to craft a situation in which they benefit from, in which they maintain that power and control. And this looks like, again, kind of another instant where you can see um, the confusing situation. You can see those moments of, you know, like you said, the head scratching and, and the, the brainwashing is really that manipulation of a perpetrator. Um, what really happened and what is taking place is, is hard for us to know in this moment, um, but it also isn't uncommon for a survivor to share their story and then um, there either be the shame or the public knowledge of that being shared, but that story may um, shift and, and change in the way that it is told um, for their own self-protection, for, for them to have power over that. Now it's interesting to see like 
how this has shifted so dramatically, but again, not something that, that we see uncommon in survivors, especially associated with trafficking. Now, if you're dealing with a person like Jocelyn Savage, even if she says, let's grant her this, R. Kelly didn't harm her, but she sees what R. Kelly was guilty of and, and, and went to prison for, mm -hmm. why does that not account or, or matter to her who wants to come out publicly and say, I'm engaged to this wonderful guy when, you know, the, the facts are totally different from what she is saying. Right, so we often see that with perpetrators, that as um, their crimes, as their violence is exposed, that there are a lot of people that are like, oh, well, he was a really likable individual, or he was involved in XYZ in the community. But that goes back to that manipulation that, that it's not just the survivors being manipulated. It is society as a whole. So uh, uh, that's that's mass manipulation, essentially. Absolutely. So I think we have this, but also the the minimization is something that is is normal for survivors to do, right? Like they have to sit. So this is mass manipulation. See, because people always they have to say the truth. What are they really doing? This is mass manipulation. They know that from the trial and from the, the, the actual transcripts and, and the goings on in the trial, that R. Kelly wasn't convicted of, R. Kelly was convicted of a RICO, sex trafficking in not minors, but adults, and calling them out not to have sex, but to hang out. You can roll with me. There was no implicit call for sex or sexual activity when they get to any des destination. Furthermore, he didn't even fly out most of these people. It was Cheryl Mack was his assistant or not assistant his um the she was Cheryl Matt is London on the tracks mother right and she's also one of the head people behind this whole conspiracy she tried to bring in the young girls with Tamara Simmons you know in this story in in their survivorship and and we often see that minimization because of the kind of psychological manipulation on the on the part of the perpetrator where is the textual reference for what you're speaking of you know this isn't uh what are they trying to call they're, they're basically trying to say that she has that syndrome well y'all know what i'm talking about with the kidnapper syndrome uh they're trying to say she has stockholms however all kelly has been in jail for the past four years you don't think that stuff will wear off after a while? Really that like, oh, well, you know, I did it to them, but um, I would never do something like that to you. Or don't you remember when I did X, Y, Z and I street? It is, it is not, we don't use kind of this cycle of violence again in the like honeymoon phase and, and, and those things commonly, but that is what's happening is the, sorry, I'm never going to do this again. Or I was a really great person. Just because someone is great to one person does not mean that they have been horrible to other people in their life. So for family members and friends who may be around Jocelyn's... Name the person who was horrible. Name them. Name, name the person he was horrible to. Just bring in the name. Any name. He has been too nice. And that's what we're seeing with Kevin Samuels. He's been too nice. And people killed him. This is one of the co-conspirators, in my estimation, 
in the murder of Kevin Samuels. Savage, who is claiming that she's now engaged to R. Kelly. How does the deprogramming process work, or is that something, a road she will have to walk on her own? Absolutely. It's going to be something that she is going to need to to process, and that's that's going to... Oh, they don't, they don't respect older women now. She's about 24. They don't respect how you think. You're going to have to get deprogrammed now. It'll be a long journey for that for, for her to go through, and she is definitely going to need a support system to provide um, just support along in that journey. Um, it really is about creating spaces where she can share her um, self, her story in a non-judgmental way, uh, and really being able to respond in things like, I believe you, and, and support is available if she chooses to share her violence. Um, and, and hopefully um, the resolution is this uh, in this is that there's not further violence that she may experience. All right, Allie with the Houston Area Women's Center, thank you for the great work that you guys do in the community and thank you for your time here on The Factor tonight. Thank you. Thank you for trying to bury this guy. Thank you for trying to bury this guy, man. <laughs> great job. This guy, this guy is a piece of work. And you see, what these media organizations are, are not news outlets, so, so to say. They are mafia organizations across, across the US. I'm just, finding, I'm just finding evidence of one conspiracy to murder and mass mass manipulation on the media. I'm gonna let y'all hear something I was listening to this morning as well too. Um. You are watching the guys. You are welcome to HN What's Your Say? The number one listening show where we discuss real issues with real people like you. We are still featuring R. Kelly. Real name Robert Sylvester Kelly, also known as the R&B King. Please, if you have any information that I do not have and you wish to debate, right? Show me the minor in this case. Show me the minor that's been proven that he has sex with. Show me the cult victim. Show me the domestic abuse victim. Any any of that, any of those, any anyone. Show me the sexual abuse victim. Any of them. Let me hear. Let me hear the name. Or even bring a John Doe number. Let's hear what, what it really is. And I will show you exactly the story behind it. I'll show you how, they, how they've not proven their case that they've even been with R. Kelly. I'll even show you how some of these people have created fake IDs to get around him and have stalked him. Provide the evidence. The secrecy in R. Kelly's case started even before the commencement of the New York federal trial. Both media and journalists were not allowed access to the courtroom where prosecutors laid out their racketeering case against the R&B King. Less than a month before the August 18th trial, Judge Ann Donnelly had already started off securing the courtroom from the public 
and she also declared that the jurors were to be seated in the main court gallery in order to meet social distancing recommendations. She added that the media personnel could not share this space with the jurors, as this could risk them contracting COVID-19. What shocked the journalists is ironic, however, is that despite Ann Donnelly's excuse of COVID-19 to keep the media out of the courtroom, she did not require that all the jurors be vaccinated, something you would expect of a health freak she was proving to be by her prior decision to distance. Donnelly's priority demand for privacy during this trial appeared a little unrealistic and in excess, and became a huge obstacle for journalists who were interested in covering the trial, as they couldn't see important pieces of evidence that were arraigned before court by the prosecution, and couldn't see jurors' reactions to the various testimonies as they were made. This is very important information in a case. This is a violation of a Sixth Amendment um, due process rights that we're listening to right now. Johnny Depp, the only reason Johnny Depp is not paying that hole right now is because they had the trial open. We can see all the all the investigations. We can see all the sides. Why not R. Kelly, right? R. Kelly was facing time. Johnny Depp was just protecting his reputation. R. Kelly is facing 30 years. False sentencing. This trial and should therefore have been made available to be seen clearly by the public. The journalists who could have made this possible were instead placed in a courtroom two floors away from where Kelly's trial was taking place and denied the opportunity to voice out their concerns in real time. A trial this private had never been seen before. Even during the most private trials prior to this one, jurors and their reactions are usually seen clearly by the public. In fact, Roger Kanoff, a former prosecutor who focused on cases involving sex abuse said, in his 25 years of practice, he had never seen a jury completely blocked from the public like this one. According to Kanoff, even in the most heated, emotional and high profile cases, the right to a speedy and public trial should never be denied. It is so unusual for a judge to prevent the jury from being seen at all like Ann Donnelly did, he said. While our Kelly's legal team, the prosecutor... El Chapo had his, his court trial inside that, that um, court. El Chapo. You know what? His, his court thing was not as private as R. Kelly's. El Chapo actually had bodies around him. They dropped. You know what I'm saying? And his case wasn't as private. This is all Kelly. And the jury filed into the courtroom every day of the trial. The media and journalists were whisked into two different courtrooms on a different floor of the building. Only two screens transmitting form cameras in the courtroom, with a broad view of the main court gallery, were available for them to listen to muffled voices and to watch blurred pictures seemingly filmed from afar. Does that sound normal for a courtroom experience? Have you ever watched a court trial where everybody goes into the room upstairs and watches on little small TV surveillance screens? The sizes of the faces viewable on the screens were close to a quarter the proper sizes one would have expected to see from a proper footage. According to one reporter, it was very difficult to see if the witnesses were emotional or not while on the stand. Evidence which appeared to be placed on a black box-like surface appeared on a small screen that made it hard to observe. 
There was therefore no way for the media to criticize and comment about these various pieces of evidence. The only view of the jurors the media reporters could see was a brief glimpse of their heads at the bottom of the screens as they filed into and out of the courtroom. Even if you knew any of them in person, it would be difficult to recognize them, shrouded as the picture was. They were completely cropped out of the images on the screens for the most part of the trial. It was therefore impossible to see their reactions as the testimonies were being made. Something rather important to tell how they were feeling and what their position was regarding the trial. No wonder the New York verdict came as a surprise to many, because there was no way to tell where the jury stood regarding the case, with their faces hidden out of sight. One may wonder why Judge Ann Donnelly would have desired to have so much privacy to this extent throughout the trial. No wonder many people are still not satisfied with the outcomes of this infamous proceeding. The privacy maintained was way beyond necessary. As if that was not enough, Ann Donnelly ruled that the media should listen to redacted volumes of some audio files from certain recordings. It was only after media wrote to court and published a story about this that prosecutors also allowed journalists to listen to audio-only versions of some of the evidence they presented. The desire for secrecy was just too much that it caused a lot of concern to the public. Donnelly only allowed a few members of the media into the courtroom during the conviction hearing, only to listen to her deliver the guilty verdict. But for weeks, multiple witnesses testified about a culture of threats and coercion from the R&B King, and the public never got even a single chance to see for themselves any evidence in this regard. Something very important in a credible justice system. If this information is kept completely private, the world will never know whether everything was a hoax or not. According to Kamajalo Barashka, I am sure all this information was kept private so that we remain convinced that R. Kelly is actually guilty. But the good news is that God is doing his job now and trust me, they will all come forward and say the truth that they've lied about R. Kelly. Please let's keep on keeping Robert Kelly on our prayers day and night. The truth is coming out. Things are changing very fast. It started with Kelly's brother, but eventually all of them will come forward. I think appellate court judges will see that something is wrong here and put things right. We love you, R. Kelly. According to DJH, that judge is such a feminist and she needs to be checked herself. She ignored everything presented to her and there is no way R. Kelly should have even been locked up as long as he has. All real evidence has been ignored and denied. This has been a witch hunt on R. Kelly from day one. It started with him asking for his masters then all the other BS came in. According to Robin McQueen, so much to doubt about a very private trial like this one. I am so glad to hear that R. Kelly is finally getting his chance to appeal the charges against him, and those who did him injustice should be in jail too. It's not possible that so many people withstand the abuse described at trial for so many years. Something simply doesn't add up. It was likely all about the lifestyle that R. Kelly had and was living, so they wanted the same as well but it didn't go their way, so they decided to make stuff look and sound bad for R. Kelly. That is all we have for you today on HN What's Your Say. To keep updated whenever we post a new video, subscribe to this channel now. Also remember to hit the bell icon and enable notifications. And feel free to share your opinions with us in the comment section below.
and let us know if you would like us to publish your views in our next release. We value all our subscribers' opinions. These people are mafia organizations, right? They operate like a pyramid scheme. Some of the bottom work for some of the top. Every employee, these are salaries based on your, your layer within the pyramid scheme. You get paid for the deviance you do. We get paid for the hits you commit. Whether the media or whether they are actual hits. Right? This is what we're dealing with. This is what all Kelly is dealing with. Enemies of the state. Enemies of justice. People who see what happens when you try to give redacted versions to a news crew is that you create not justice, but a narrative. The rise of the Gorgon. This is how it works. This is how it works, people. Right? And whether or not we could change this is irrelevant, you know. I'm just pointing it out. Very obvious things in my in my estimation now. You know, after seeing how Rihanna's cousin was murdered, you know, the reports on that, the timing on that, the numbers involved in it. It's just like, you know, a lot of these media houses are not media houses. They are mafia organizations. They pay for people to get killed so they can create the news. It's, it's, it's in reverse. It's shock. They pay for a fake Uvalde murder. Um mass murder or whatever where two men are claiming the same child where none of the parents seem very distraught we know how it looks when a man cries and his child dies these these guys weren't crying it's like yo i'm mexican man it's nothing <laughs> i'll get another kid <laughs> Yo, we really need to get, I don't know. I don't know. Why am I bringing all this stuff to the forefront? Just, I can't stop. <laughs> I'm going to stop soon, man. I'm going to have to stop. I'm going to have to turn off this internet. Because I guess this is kind of a, it's a knowing thing on my part. Because I come on here and then I take the video, I mean the audio and I upload to another site. and You know, but I think people need to know what they're really facing out here. These are mafia-type organizations, in my estimation. They're willing to kill Kevin Samuels, have him killed off, and, and, and entice somebody possibly with a television show, allegedly. There are multiple bloggers. They have all, they, they're trying to run the media, Fox Soul, right? Because Fox Soul and Fox 26, Houston, they're intertwined. You see what I'm saying? Fox to steal your, steal your souls. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. Um, it's kind of mind-blowing. It's kind of mind-blowing in my estimation. To watch all these people get away with murder and then try to pin fake crimes on men like R. Kelly is just crazy how how long have they been doing this 
This is what makes me question because before this, they had to be extremely clean. And you must ask yourself at this point, why does the Isaiah factor have so many years in syndication? He doesn't have any hits. He doesn't have a following. Right? How do you keep the job? What makes you a news reporter if nobody watches your news? I think I'm bullshit. <laughs> Somebody responded to me on um this 13,000 views, July 12, 2022, four days ago. 13,000 views, Fox 26, Houston. This is a major channel. Nobody's watching you, dude. 179,000 subscribers. That's nothing. I'm Rocky Dot. This is Fox 26 Crime Files, and we start with a brutal attack. I'm Rashi Das, and this is Fox 26 Crime Files. Terrifying and in broad daylight, two men with high-powered guns try to rob a woman at a gas station, and it's all caught on camera. Fox 26's Natalie He taking a look at what went down in North Houston. Filling up your tank these days is stressful enough, but for this woman last Wednesday, a trip to this Shell gas station in Aldine Westfield and I'm going to go into Dennis Sperling's arrest. His original um, thing. Lawyer handcuffed at ATM sues police for alleged racial profiling. A Houston personal injury lawyer has filed a suit alleging racial profiling after he was handcuffed at an ATM by police responding to a bank alarm. Lawyer Dennis Sperling, who is black, says he was at the ATM outside the door of his office on November 14th when two men in dark clothing told him to put his hands up, handcuffed him, and took his gun. ABC 13 reports. Sperling, who has a license to carry a concealed handgun, says he is lucky he didn't shoot the officers because they didn't identify themselves. Sperling recently posted an ad to YouTube, see below, in which his ex-wife explains that Sperling practices personal injury law and would be more than happy to help viewers with claims. He doesn't get paid unless you get paid. And as we first wives know, the more our ex-husbands get paid, the more we get paid, the woman says. So let me help him help you. Sperling says the officers apologized after learning the bank alarm had been accidentally tripped by the cleaning crew. Sperling plans to donate any recovery to victims of racial profiling and wrongful arrest. What does that sound like to you? We're dealing with a mafia organization. What does that sound like to you? It sounds like he knew the cleaning crew, doesn't it? The timing was just a little too strange. 
the only black guy in the building. You know? Timing is very strange. It sounds to me, or it feels to me, I mean, it's very clever as well because it's easy money. Yo, trip the alarm. I'm going to go use the ATM. Need about five minutes. I'm going to be out there for a bit, you know, walking around. Trip the alarm for me. I'll go walk towards the ATM. Once you walk towards the ATM, the bank, the, the security or, or the police officers came with addressing him as he knew what happened. He kept his gun on him as he knew he would. Because he was probably hoping for more beat up, of a beatdown. You see? This wasn't just supposed to be racial, racial profiling. It's supposed to be a hate crime. He didn't get what he wanted, but he still went for the lawsuit anyway. All conjecture. All alleging. All sensible. <laughs> oh, this is sad. Isaiah Factor, right? Doesn't even have its own page. Most of the stuff is on um, Fox Soul. The most hits I'm seeing from him is 24,000 hits. When Dennis Sperling was on there and Willie D, do all black men cheat? Blackface student. This guy is just cattle thief. This guy's been scraping the bottom of the barrel for decades. And I must wonder if this is what he actually wanted. Because if I'm a master criminal, right? If I'm a guy who is organizing hits, because he organized this expert to talk that crazy stuff without even looking at the case. So if I am organizing hits, I'm doing all this dirt. I'm doing all this work in the streets. Do I really want to be the number one anchorman? I copied the uh, anchor's voice. I dress like, as the anchors and I have a, a, a show and syndication. But I don't really want to be on top. I don't need to be. I don't need to be on top. Once I get the money that on top we get. Right? I mean, the fame would be nice. For a man like this.
1,298 views. Human trafficking survivor shares precautions all women should take. Isaiah, Isaiah Factor Uncensored. This is an ugly dude, man. Real ugly. Trafficking continues next up a former victim who now spends her days traveling the world to help women. Rachel Fisher is here with us tonight. Also from Crime Stoppers of Houston, Sydney Zyker. Glad to have you here on the Factor Uncensored. So you are just jumping into uh, the fray, trying to help people. You survive it. I did. And I live every day trying to help others survive. And if I said that I survived it, I'm surviving. It's still a process. And so I help others realize that it's not just a moment where you're rescued or that you're taken out of the life, but it's a lifelong choice to make to stay out of it. And once again, we want to remind our viewers we had uh, Tara on the show, and she says she did not participate in any type of strip club uh, uh, working or any type of prostitution. So we just want to re-emphasize re that. But when you see young people out there who could be on the edge of that, who could be victimized, what does that do to you watching them? It's hard to watch because I know myself at 14, 15 years old, and you couldn't tell me anything. And I denied it. And I said I wasn't doing it until they found my ads online. And they said, oh, this is you. So I, I would deny it until I couldn't. Um, but it just it hurts because they're at such an age where you don't listen to your parents. And if somebody tells you to do something, you do the opposite. So to be able to empower them and bring them around people that aren't academia prepared and that are on the street with them and that get it and to be able to say, hey, I've been there, I get it, is so key. So trying to empower them, bring survivor leaders to them is a huge part of the healing and to prevent them from going off the ledge. And Sydney, how bad is the problem here in and Harris County? You know, it's rampant here, unfortunately. The amazing thing about Houston and Harris County is that we have so many good organizations and programs and amazing surviving leaders here, yeah. yeah, that are working together. I mean, we're recognized state in the state and nationally for all of our efforts. So that's a huge piece of it. I mean, people like Rachel and all of the other surviving leaders do so much in this community. And so we're so thankful for that. But it is a big issue that we need to be talking about. And one of the issues that we have, one of the layers is those pimps out there who are targeting young people on social media. Mm -hmm. With the rise of social media, I mean, the game has really changed. Um, they target super young people now of all genders, of all races, of all ethnicities. This doesn't discriminate in any way. And so all parents need to be looking out for it. All parents need to be talking with their students, having these conversations, checking in on who they're communicating with. Stranger danger is real in, in, in person, but also online. And so we need to be looking out for our students. And we're gonna talk about solutions more in the next block. Uh-huh. This is a reciprocal thing. You see, for Isaiah to get access to Ice Cube, this is why he puts on Willie D.
back in Houston. How are you enjoying it? Oh, I love Houston. Uh, always been one of my, you know, towns that's embraced me from day one, you know, from, from the 80s, man. You know what I mean? It's, it's been like when I come through, got to come to Houston. Um, and, you know, Face here, my homeboy Scarface, my man Willie D, you know what I mean? The Ghetto Boys, uh, Lil J. Um, you know, it's just been a good, good experience in Houston. So I love Houston. So how's your tour been so far? It's been great. You know, we've been hitting, you know, here and there, um, all through Texas. You know, I was with Mount Westmore, which is Snoop, uh, Too Short, Neat 40. Got a group together, you know, um, and doing some music. So we hit San Antonio. Uh, it was great. You know, we, we hit Austin, Dallas, now we in Houston. And of course, Willie D, my boy, arrange all of this. So what do you have to say about Willie? My boy. The ghetto boy. Oh man, you know, he's always been a, you know, respected dude in my eyes. You know, Willie D's a stand-up guy. You know, I remember him, you know, kind of showing me around when I would fly into town, you know what I mean? He'd come pick me up, we'd roll around. We'd get on the phone every now and then too, you know, and holler about, you know, the, the uh, topics of the day. You know what I'm saying? I like what he's doing with his with his uh, website, uh, with his, uh, you know, YouTube channel and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm just a big fan of what he man. Grown man, for real. And last thing, what can Houstonians expect about this performance? I'm um, gonna give you everything, you know, from the NWA stuff to the solo stuff. And I got my man Dub C with me, so you'll get a little Mount West, I mean, a little uh, West Side connection, you know what I mean? So I'm gonna give it to you all. You know, I think fans been been, been fans for like 30 years, so they want to hear 30 years of music. All right, thank you, sir. All right, thank you. You're watching the Isaiah. Now, he performed in Sugarland over the weekend. Pretty soon you'll be starting your tour. What can we expect? You know what you can expect? You can expect the band to be awesome. And Scarface! I'll do some of my rock songs. I didn't know I'm starting to rock out on that. Did not know that. And whoever else gonna be here? Alright, let's start. I'm sitting over here. Who'd you come to see? I'm come to see Scarface. H but your shows are about the music, not just a track. You have music. I got music. I got a lot of music. I got 33 years of music. <clears throat> no COVID. No, my man said, man. Why your man? Why your man? Ask Lil Doug, because he's from the same side of town I'm from. Come here, lock your man. You're going to make somebody dick. And Ice Cube, of course. Zero big concert in Houston. What's your thoughts about it? We got Ice Cube. We got the legend Scarface. Man, this is going to be dope. Uh, I'm here to see the dopeness. That's all. You know, uh, I'm a fan. I'm trying to enjoy the show. Is your audience ever surprised by all the music, the musicians that they give you more than just playing track? I think it's more of a shock when they see me actually pick up the instrument and play. Mm -hmm. like, oh. And it takes a lot to get zero out of the house though, right? Uh, putting a, a, a foot, a leg, a elbow, and probably a collarbone, which you know, I'm, I'm, I made it. Tell us about the collaboration that you're doing with Ice Cube. Why Ice Cube? I didn't do that. 
Why you hit me with the mic, bro? That's almost like. Back in Houston, how you in? Oh, when you met me, you was straight gangster, but now you um you kind of bitched up. I'm just gonna laugh at that. I hope you laugh at that too, Scarface, because you know <laughs> you seem a little seem a little soft here compared to how you are out there in the streets with your fans. You know, it's all good. Oh, I love Houston. Uh, always been one of my, you know, towns that's embraced me from day one, you know, from from the 80s, man. You know what I mean? It's, it's been like when I come through, got to come to Houston. Um, and, you know, Face here, my homeboy Scarface, my man Willie D, you know what I mean? The Ghetto Boys, uh, Lil J. Um, you know, it's just been a good good experience in Houston, so I love Houston. Hey, who put me on this show? Let me go find out. Hey, who put me on this show? FKOA. FKOA put me on this show. Hey, thanks for putting me on the show, guys. So how's your tour been so far? It's been great. You know, we've been hitting, you know, here and there, um, all through Texas. You know, I was with Mount Westmore with performance. We doing all of the stuff that, that come with, with, with the production of, of I don't think all the ghetto boys were involved, by the way. I just know Willie D was. He was too close. Mm -hmm. All right, yo, I just want to do a quick one, man. Once I start going into these things, it takes a while, but... I usually get to it, you know? Um, yeah, I'm just seeing. And welcome back to The Factor Uncensored. We've heard some crazy-ass cheating stories out there, but this one may take the full cake. A guy was able to accept a donated kidney from his girlfriend, and you already know how this is going to end. How did he repay her? By going behind his girl's back. I talked to uh, our group of ladies here on Girl Talk, and they told me Karma will be waiting on his ass for cheating on the woman who gave him a kid. of Girl Talker here on the Factor Uncensored. So the scenario is this woman donated her significant other a body part of kidney and then that guy went out and cheated on her ass. So would you ask for your body part back or would you even trust anyone to give them a body part? Jasmine, let's begin with you. Well, I'm going to keep it real simple. Doctor, unplug them. Give me what's mine. <laughs> unplug them. Or I'm gonna cut it out myself. No, I'm, I'm not talking. But um, yeah, no, that's not gonna happen. We gonna, I need that back. And give me my kidney back, okay? You give it back to me. No, I'm joking. Um, honestly, I never thought about it that deep. But if the person I'm with needed a kidney, yes, and then he cheated, and I want my kidney back, and I'm gonna give my kidney back. Doctor, unplug him. Give me what's mine. That's, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> Julia, let's hear from you. Well, what's funny about this is that I, I actually am a registered organ donor. So for me, I, 
my dad needed an organ. So I think I would, at that time, if that person needed that kidney, and then I found out something happened, I know I would be hurt. It would take a lot because I would want to do some things. I, 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 I would want to do some things. <laughs> we need but, specificity uh, in that. Yeah, some things that probably won't sound good on, on TV. So, but you have to think about it this way. I'm a true believer in karma. So I think that karma will come back around, especially to that guy. So she has to just accept it and say, I did something and I helped somebody to live and to live their life. But she, it's going to come back to her even bigger and better. So, I mean, obviously that. 41 views. This guy, Isaiah, yo. He's really, he's really keeping himself low on, I think, on purpose. This is the factor. You continue support. Now we have a full show. First off, we're starting off with a legendary artist, a superstar from right here in Houston. Scarface, took a look. Scarface is a legendary rapper known all around the world. The artist was instrumental in putting the city of Houston on the map. His talents and abilities transcend rap and hip hop. He's birds up above the map and now face AKA Brett. <laughs> you got fans in here. I'm in Houston, Texas, you know. Well, that's um, part of being humble, and I think that's why people love you so much here and cool. around the world. You look cool? Yeah, you look <laughs> like that. I'm super cool, man. So yeah. when you take a look at the path that you've taken to get where you are today, are you ever in awe of what you have accomplished, and is there much more to come for Scarface? Um, I'm, I'm not quite in awe of what I've accomplished at this point, you know. I can I can honestly say I had a I had a it hasn't dawned on me yet that I'm him. You know what I mean? It hasn't dawned on me. I I want to I want to keep I want to continue to create or or, or or reinvent. You know what I mean? Brad Jordan, Scarface is dead. He's done. He's out of there. No. Now don't get yourself twisted, yo. These guys are seasoned seasoned murderers. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about Scarface. I don't know anything about him. Uh, he's outside my periphery, but these people are seasoned murderers. I kind of wish I had days back again when a friend would be like, yo, anybody else with you, I got 30 Mexicans. Just give me a call. <laughs> kind of miss those days right now. You know, I'm kind of delving into some deep shit. <laughs> but I'm just trying to give y'all a, a viewpoint. Why are they going at all Kelly like this? You know, why are they doing all this? What's up with all this? Is this guy really a capo? Because to me, it seems to me, Isaiah Factor is the plug. You know, he only gets 6,000 views. So why is Scarface going to speak to him? You know? Let's get a bag time. Whenever you do a show, I think you get a bag, y'all. I think you get like 2,500 or so just to speak. I don't know. Some of them. I don't know what's going on here. It's like, it's like. Y'all need to look at y'all news organizations and some of the stories they put out and see what they're doing. Because if they could kill Kevin Samuels, if Isaiah 
allegedly could work together with Dennis Sperling and others, allegedly. And the man's gone. Kevin Samuels is gone. How many other places are they doing this? Right? They're still going at R. Kelly, saying that the young woman who's, I think, about 24 is brainwashed because she got engaged. You know? All right. We had a court that created a whole narrative, hit, hit all the testimony. It's at this point you must realize that you are within a TV show that they make, and all the world is a play. Right? All right. All the best, folks. You know what I'm saying? I just just had to drop that, yo. Just had to drop that. I wanna, man, you just in my scopes, bro. Um, I just looking at what's going on here and what you really about. I'm, I don't really want to put you down as a capo, but I'm pretty sure that you run a lot of shit out there over at Fox Soul. You the guy out front. That's what it looks like to me. You're the guy. You're the guy behind the scenes that's out front, that that caps for all these dummy goddesses, like um Vivica, all these old these old broads. <laughs> yeah, this guy is just see why did they pop up now? Why 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 is he relevant now? Why is he They got Kevin Samuels? Fox Soul isn't gonna get taken off the air. So uh, let's say let's say Fox Soul it's just one branch of Fox. So it could be that they're getting orders from upon high, or it could be that they are working on their own to save their own jobs and save their own network. Dennis Sperling said that, that Kevin Samuel's goals were far beyond what we saw. He was looking at getting into brand marketing and networks. Anyways, y'all, I'm going to head off of this. I'm gonna see if I can find what the paperwork network came up with, with um yesterday. But I don't think they went as far as I did. Cause they, they haven't been looking at Rico's the way I have. I've been looking at Rico's for a little while now with all this R. Kelly stuff. Because they forced me to look at a the Rico. They forced me to do this. You know what I'm saying? They forced me to understand the Rico, the Rico statue, how it was put together, why it was mostly for drugs and organized crime, actual organized crime. This series, organized murder. Um, Murder Inc. Y'all remember that um organization? And I wonder if Isaiah Factor ever did anything on that. This guy is a joke.
Here we go. Is when they, this is how they try to build their, their charitable image. Well, Fox 26's own Isaiah Carey, host of the Isaiah Factor Uncentered, was in the community today to help feed those less fortunate. The Dolly Rose Foundation, co-founded by Isaiah, partnered with local businesses for a pop-up soup kitchen downtown. And people who helped out at the event say giving back to the community is paramount. We live in a damn town where people are hurting. And the, the best cure for, for hurt is hope. And uh, opportunities like this, it, it just give people hope. Absolutely. And volunteers hope that their efforts will spread throughout the city. And a big heads up for tomorrow. As a CEO of Greedy, Greedy Spoon, I guess he's doing some um, feeding of the homeless out there. I always, I, I support good brothers doing good endeavors once they're doing good things. Clout for Clinton. He did this yesterday. This, uh, this looks interesting. You are watching the Isaiah Factor Uncensored. And welcome back to the second half of the Factor Uncensored. Tonight, we're holding law enforcement agencies accountable for their extra outlandish social media posts. Now, if you scroll through their feeds, you may see some sensational headlines above mugshots of videos. No doubt, social media is a great tool to spread the word about an important arrest or crime in your community, or if police need or want to get more eyes on the bad guy they're looking for. But we can't help but wonder, are some law enforcement agencies just using clout for clicks? So I saw one where a guy was arrested for um, an incident in Taco Bell, but it wasn't a big deal. I'm like, why is this on their social media page? And, and in this particular agency, it's done over and over again. So, Herschel Smith, when you see individuals, law enforcement agencies out there trying to get likes on someone's misfortune or arrest, your thoughts on that? Well, you know, uh, for so long, social media has been good and it's been bad. And, you know, when it comes down <laughs> to law enforcement, we got policies and procedures about what, what the officers can put on social media. But when you have policies that, that, that reflect the officers, but you don't have policies that reflect you as an agency and the character of your agency, it's something that, you know, the political side is some of the things that most elected officials get caught up in because they want to try to make a big name for themselves and make like they this great cop who's out here doing a great job, which everybody should be doing a great job no matter who you are. But when you use social media for your own personal gain, that's a problem. Karen, your thoughts about law enforcement agencies using social media for personal gain and to get likes and to get followers and and, and caught in the middle are suspects whose lives are ruined because their photos are tweeted out. Right. So, um, you know, the best way, what I've seen is that the strategy is just aggressive overall. The headlines are very strong. They're labeling people that are getting arrested for drunk driving, which is, let's just face it, an everyday crime, and people that are assaulting an employee at Taco Bell, and they're putting them out there, all captions. It's a very headline, catchy approach, but they're using this as a tool and as a vessel to just grow their app downloads. 
go follow my Facebook page. And here we have other things to sell you on. So the approach to me is a little bit aggressive, especially because it's being done at the expense of everyday criminals that are not, you know, committing major crimes. And I think that their strategy just could be retweaked to create the right awareness, to maybe get the right people to download this app, if it is indeed trying to promote the well-being and the welfare of the community. Now, Karen, and you know, both of you and I both know, there is an audience out there. There are people who used to read the arrest records in the newspaper. They're looking for I'm one of them. There's a thirst for that. But at some point, a responsible agency or entity should say, look, enough is enough. Unless they have murdered 10 people or five people in a house, you know, why are we putting these people out there, ruining their reputations, their jobs, just for likes and to get people to follow us? And I'd like to hear from both of you on that. Mm-hmm. Mugshots, and they're using their date of birth. So that information just to me, um, should not that it shouldn't be made available to the public, but it shouldn't be used in this capacity to lure users to just you know clickbait users on social media. I'm a huge fan of the news. I read all the news every day. I want to see what's going on in my city, especially in my community and my neighborhood, and what criminals are walking around around me. But it's just I'm a little bit perplexed when I open it up, and it's like, oh, but download this app or. Click and, and join our Facebook group. I'm like, wait, are you trying to educate me on the crime that happened or why this is important to me? Or do you want me to just hop over to your Facebook group now? Yeah, that's the question. Uh, Constable Smith, your thoughts on that when we talk about how individuals are basically ruining the community because this agency just wants to get clicks and social media followers. You know, you know, when that we have nothing in place to constrain officers and agencies, you know, it's hard, it's hard enough for us to get a public record from any agency as it is. But when we take the record that we get on individuals, and as I said, use it for our own personal gain, political gain, or whatever it may be. But the fact is, we as law enforcement enforcers must understand we must be friendly to the community just because the expectation, we want the community to work with us, but we're not building that kind of relationship sometimes. We tear that relationship yeah. apart. Uh, the more that we do things like that, the more that we're trying to destroy someone. We're not trying exactly. to build no one up in no form or fashion to try to rehabilitate anybody. And that's what law enforcement got to get more involved with, is trying to rehabilitate instead of trying to uh, expose people as, as vicious criminals. You know, especially mm-hmm. for the crimes that's going on in this day and time. Yeah, because people are operating out of go, fear. Go ahead, Karen. Well, people are operating out of fear, and that's where that, you know, that trust is being built. And uh, unfortunately, you know, I'm more scared about having my photo on social media blasted than, than I have to just even commit the crime. <laughs> <laughs> We want to thank you guys for joining us here on the Factor on Six and to talk about this issue that we see is becoming a trend around the country. Thank you both for joining us here tonight on the Factor on Six. Sherman, thanks so much for that. Well, the Houston Fire Department now getting creative. They seem to be so bothered about this thing, this thing about this Taco Bell incident that happened a few days ago with Clint Fan, who was, uh, uh, he ran a construction company. 
And it, you see what's happening, right? I'm the mafia and I run this town. If the cops give you shit, I tell the cops, leave you the hell alone. I run this shit. Send me something, we'll organize it. There's the owner of Fans Construction, Clint Fan. Allegedly. This is what they really bothered about. All right. This lizard man is a little strange, yo. It's like he goes up, and then he goes down. And let me let y'all hear how the bait acted. There's no expectation that people would even want to hear the things that you have to say. Or even care. But I get emails specific to young men that say that if it wasn't for hearing this specific thing in a video, I would have deleted myself off this planet. And I know if I got them, Kevin got them. I know Kevin got them. So it's odd in a sense because we're just talking in front of a lens and you really don't understand the impact or the reach of how his May 6th message about Kevin Samuels was about Kevin Samuels. It was eight minutes and 25 seconds. Everybody else did four hour lives, <laughs> three hour lives. Get them cash apps. They're up for grabs right now. Get them while they're grieving. This how this how the bait. And I'm gonna keep calling my boy the bait. Mediocre tutorials and reviews. You're the bait, son. You were used to get him down there to Miami in the first place. You, that was to kick off the introductions to the girls. They organized probably a few other things. But you continue to be used. You surround yourself with haters and mass murderers, and you think that you're in a, a nice spot with men who actually care about other men and care to, to, to see these men in nuclear nuclear relationships, nuclear families of their own. But they ain't. They only care about their own aggrandizement. They only want to be the, the word of God. You see, so when God sends um, prophets, right? And people finally actually do listen to the prophets. And those prophets take away from demons, prophets, FIT, they're coming for you. They will be coming for you. He never had no bodyguards. Somebody said they was going to kill him. They was going to get what he was coming to him. And man, he just smiled and kept on moving. He's a man of the people. Man of the people. I can get to him anytime. All right, yo, peace out, man. I was going to leave a little earlier, but it's got Isaiah, man. Isaiah is such a complicated character.
I'm Rashi Bass, and this is Fox 26 just such Time a complicated Final. Character. I'm Rashi. You're watching the Isaiah Factor Uncensored. Stockholm syndrome. Did I say that's what they were trying to say? He had, she had, four years, four years later, she still got Stockholm's. This must be a, a record. I will update on R. Kelly's alleged engagement. Claudia Jordan, to Jocelyn Savage. Um, that's the bump Jocelyn's of the glass. family claims that they were not aware of the engagement and reportedly have doubts that there's any truth to it. Jocelyn's parents' attorney said he finds it odd that Jocelyn did not testify about the engagement under oath but slipped it into a letter for the judge before R. Kelly's sentencing. Now, according to TMZ, Jocelyn wrote the letter to ask the judge to be lenient when it came to Kelly's sentencing. Alice, start with you. What do you think about this update? First of all, that family is tripping me out. Her parents are, are really tripping me out. Number one, two homosexuals speaking on it. They didn't even know that she had left school when she went to be with R. Kelly. That's number one. We also- She didn't leave school. She was 19 years old. She wasn't, what did she leave, college? Found out through through court, uh, court documents and interviews that her father actually encouraged her to develop a relationship with uh, R. Kelly. So to think that they didn't know anything about this engagement, someone. I think that's probably right. It's, 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 it's consistent with how she's kept her uh, family out of the loop and out of her life is, is a concern to so her chasing her career and her love for her man. But I don't know about you, Claudia and Q, but what is that syndrome when the relationship of a victim Stockholm. of Stockholm syndrome? I really do believe that she has the Stockholm syndrome because you started with the truth and now it's Stockholm syndrome. You can't have four, four years of Stockholm. That's not clinical. She really is trying to pretend like this man has not been uh, convicted of all these sex crimes with all these different women and that it's just her and the other young lady. And that's very confusing to me because she has witnessed it with her own eyes. The other thing- There was nothing to witness. Actually, all the, in fact, I'm not even gonna argue it. At this point, we already know all Kelly is innocent and these bras just came up with false accusations. I'm just going through the people who are trying to solidify the narrative that he's guilty. And it's circling around Fox Soul, Fox 26, certain other organizations. I haven't been able to go to all of them. CNN tried it, NBC, the Abenati. These are mafia organizations. That confuses me about this story is she is allegedly one of the victims in the trial. Why would the courts allow a predator to marry one of their victims. Is that even legal? She's not a victim in the trial. She was alleged victim by the prosecution. However, she never testified on behalf of them and they would not call her to the stand. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I degree is the economic. <laughs> I was about to say fame is one hell of a drug, but she's gained infamy. And I know this is going to piss off this guy, Funky Deniva. You got boogers in your nose, bruh. And what's that, purple wig? 
Hot mess. Look ridiculous. I want to know what type know, of no way. she was eating that got her engaged to somebody who getting out of prison at 85. Like, like, like real, real talk at some point, you just have to sit down and have a conversation with yourself that goes. All Kelly's in his 50s, yo. Self, what's the next 30 years of my life going to look like? And am I really going to tie my tussy cat up? Where's your where's your toilet paper? Why don't you get some toilet paper and blow your nose? You look disgusting. <laughs> you are a ridiculous individual. You know what I'm saying? For somebody that I gotta go visit at Rikers Island or whatever the case may be, because ma'am, you have no relationship. Right. You know, I think this goes to show you the severity of this case and in sexual abuse cases, like what a number it does when you have a grown man and an underage child being manipulated until into her adulthood. If you don't you snap out of it when you you know you turn 18 or 21, this girl is damaged, obviously. She's not seeing the world for what it is. She's she's getting married, she's engaged to R. Kelly, and she's damaged, obviously. Because she wants to marry a man. Don't y'all think that this bother doesn't this bother anybody else? I'm seeing 277 like 77 likes, 20,000 views, and doesn't this bother anybody? Two homosexuals are speaking out against a woman trying to marry an older man who she said she had the greatest relationship ever with. This doesn't this doesn't concern anyone. Not seeing her man for what her man for what it is. And she continues to be a victim of abuse, which is not her fault, but she's deep in. And that Stockholm Syndrome thing is real. You really simple. Victim of abuse. Show us the abuse. Show us inside the transcripts where anybody said they were actually abused. Just bring that for me, Ms. Jordan. Or Mr. Jordan. And empathize with your capture and you make excuses for them. And I think there's a sick thing about her that thinks I won out of all the other girls. I won. I'm the last woman standing. And I think, mm. I, I think it's, I think there's a little bit of that going on. You know, they like fought for his love to be the, the top one. And yeah, it's the details of that trial. So disgusting. Like right. single woman surrounded by two snakes, Al Reynolds and Funky Deneva. One with a booger in his nose. The other one looks like you got to take a shit. But oh, we're, so we're not we're not them like no what's gross is what y'all do in the bedroom that's gross absolutely disgusting we're not severely abused like that right so we don't see it but for her mm. it seems like it doesn't really bother her that much right y'all want to keep listening to these snakes man you want to keep listening to these snakes mm -mm. I'm not even going to respond on that video, yo. You see how they run it, right? You see how they run it. So they all wanted to come out with a story about 30, 30 years convicted. This is why Ann Donnelly only let people into the courtroom when she was ready for sentencing, not for the, the jury trial. During the jury trial, she's hiding everybody's faces, making sure nobody can't see shit. Fox Soul is in deep on this.
I tell you, man, these people come around me in real life, man, I'm going to start stabbing. I ain't playing. I ain't playing at all. Pastor Jamal Bryant apologizes for Kevin Samuel's comments. Cocktails with Queens. You better hope to stay alive, Pastor. Okay. Well, last week we reported that Pastor Jamal Bryant threw some shade at the passing of Kevin Samuels. Bryant said, how can a man say you don't have the level of attraction of a high-value man if he got to get a GoFundMe for his funeral? Well, he recently released an apology and said, Benjamin Franklin once said, the best way to mess up an apology is to add an excuse. I extend my deepest condolences and apologies to Kevin Samuels' family and friends. Thank you to all who purpose to keep me accountable. His watch costs more than your house, nigga. <laughs> we grow from mistakes in what do you have in place? And it's proven that he didn't have all of his shit together because he has to go get a GoFundMe. Well, that, that may be fake. The family came out and said that, that, that that's not a true story, that they're refusing the money. That that, that may be a, a fake story that someone put out there. But I don't know. Like, y'all think he had blood or not? still saying. I'm still saying. See, all of them were called out as failures. Selena Johnson, Lisa Ray, Vivica Fox, Claudia Jordan. Nobody's marrying these, these old broads right now. These old withered hags. If, if they did, then that's what I got to say about it. <laughs> Lisa Ray. Isn't Selena Johnson the ugly one from Catfish? <laughs> Yo. I mean, um, what's her name? Selena Johnson? These people are, these people are evil. Hear how they, hear how they happy up. Happy as a yeah, girl, you want to take a stab at it? They was coming for me. You the comment. Not a stab, not a stab, Claudia. Really? Oh, oh I'm sorry. A poke? A poke? A triangle. Well, you know, Pastor, the reason why folks was coming Different. for you so because they said those who live in glass houses should throw stones. So I think that that was the whole recanting of things. God bless him that he apologized. That was a very southern hellish. That was very southern hellish, Are you okay? Are you okay? Put my hand on your forehead. You all right? Put your hand on your forehead. Let the church say amen. Amen. And the Oscar goes to. You tried it just now. Amen. Amen. Okay. These are evil holes, man. They don't go to no church. They out there doing Santeria. Anyway, peace out, folks. And I hope y'all really see what's going on here like these are mafia level i don't care if anybody listens y'all these are mafia level um things i, I said chihad before it was chisha z you know if you want to check out some good content chisha z c-h-i-s-h-a-z-z-e-d he's that he has this um thing called the coffee pod very good um why why were they hating kevin samuels so much why was fox soul wanted to kill kevin samuels Ratings was one part. Notice Vivica Fox is actually very um. I, I'm sure everybody must have heard this by now, but just to to put in, we were all shocked. I mean, everybody was talking about it. It was like, whoa, whoa, Irma, 
that you put out, the negativity that you put out in the world, that when karma, I'm not trying to see. Shut up, Biblical Fox. I'm not trying to see your twisted up mouth everywhere. Every time you come on camera, your face is twisted up. We get it. You're a smart, sassy, strong black woman. You have another gear. You have another character. You've been playing the same character for the last 30 years. We get it. Uh, one of his last statements that uh, he said was that if you're over 38 and you haven't married or something like that, that you're no good and disposable. Um, to me, it was a sharp job. And, you know, I, I hope this is teaching folks a lesson about the karma that you put out, the negativity that you put out in the world, that when karma comes knocking at your door, she might not be so kind. So she might not be so kind. She she had him she had him killed. Oh, you know the fact that he uh, she was involved. Killed over real quick and was uh, supposedly with a woman that we don't know, yet know the master that. Give a shit what you do, Biblical Pop. You can't keep a man. One of your biggest regrets is you never had a kid. You never turned out a plus size hip. You can't keep a man. One of your biggest regrets, you can't keep a man. One give a shit what you give, Biblical Fox. You can't keep a man. One of your biggest regrets is you never had a kid. You never turned out a plus size. See, I got a problem with women like you. Thinking that you you talk as though you you you're someone to be appeased. Shut up, Biblical Fox. I'm about tired of seeing your twisted up mouth everywhere. Every time you come on camera, your face is twisted up. We get it. You're a smart, sassy, strong black woman. Do you have another gear? Do you have another character? You've been playing the same character for the last 30 years. We get it. 50 Cent, I mean, and Curtis Jackson responded and said, man, my ex-lover still want me. 17 years ago, we was together for four months, and she's still mad. My badoom doom must be better than I thought. Kudos to you, 50 Cent, for smiling through it. I mean, have you guys looked at the way Vivica looks these days? Every time you see it, it looks like she's been sucked on a bag of lemons. Now, I remember back in the 90s when Vivica was hot, fine. But Vivica, but, but so many women like Vivica A. Fox fall into a broadcast where I said, women have already met their guy and they blew it. I mean, think about when you see Fox Soul, Vivica Fox, Claudia Johnson, and y'all feeling me, Lisa Ray. Don't, don't y'all see a bunch of old women and be like, Y'all are 40, 40, 40 and 50 years old. Y'all should have been somebody's grandma by now. What's up, YouTube? Chisha's at here. Vivica Fox. God damn. You should be a grandma, bitch. <laughs> Big up Chisha Zed, yo. You should be a grandma. <laughs> yo, look at Fox Soul. From the time he realized he made that statement. You should have looked at everybody who works for that Fox Soul outlet and organization. For the time you see Dennis Sperling on there 24-7, leave him alone. Willie D, 
Leave them alone. Right? This is how they got you. Through Dennis Sperling. Dennis Sperling, whenever he came up, he should be like, yo, um, I got cops on the way. Either you're going to leave right now, or, 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 not, or you, you could even play it cooler, Godfather. You know what I'm saying? Um, sit where you at, chill, call the police, message the police, or message somebody, let them know, call the police. Wait. When the police come, like, yeah, y'all, y'all, these people have trespassed. They're not supposed to be here. They need to leave the premises. Time for them to leave the premises. I'm gonna check out what the paperwork network put up on this, man. But yo, this is deep, yo. This is real deep. You know? It's like he got murdered by a network. Study it. This is this is big. This is a whole media house. They're gonna kill me before they do time. So I'm gonna stop talking from right now. I'm gonna go get ready because I gotta get moving. And y'all have a great and blessed day and stay away from these demons. If anybody knows mediocre tutorial room reviews, try to let them know. Stay away from these demons, please. You are the bait. You were the bait. They will be coming for you next. The world is not what you think, bro. All right, respect.